Hi, and welcome to Pursue Wisdom, the teaching podcast of Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. I'm Paul Steele. I'm the pastor here at Bethlehem, and we want to invite you to participate in the teaching that happens here uh, in our church family on Sunday mornings and online on Thursday evening. There are two messages each week that hopefully will get us into the Bible and help us understand how God wants us to apply his word to our lives. Teaching is an essential part of discipleship. And for us to make disciples, we know that it's important for us to be in God's word. And that's what this uh, this podcast is about, is putting those teachings that happen here at Bethlehem into an audio format uh, for people to listen to. So I'm glad that you're here. I hope that you're encouraged as you listen. God bless. Our scripture reading today is found in Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32, reading from the New Living Translation. Jesus says, But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older older boy, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, You go, he said. Yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained this meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him, while tax collectors and prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe and repent of your sins. Hey Bethlehem, this is Pastor Paul, and we are going to start something new. Uh, We are going to have on Thursday evenings uh, a worship time totally online. Uh, This provides us with an opportunity during the week to refocus on God and through worship and prayer and to have some additional teaching time. And what better time to start that than on a Monday, Thursday? Uh, Monday uh, means, is Latin for, for mandate. And it refers to the mandate that Jesus gave to his disciples the night that he was betrayed, the night that he was arrested. Now remember, Jesus is in the upper room. And, uh, and he's washed the disciples' feet. And then he gives them this command. As I have loved you, love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus wants us to love each other, to love those around us. And our love, he goes on to say, will show that we are his disciples. And it's this idea of love that uh, motivated or gave me the idea of where we start first in this time of teaching on, on Thursday evenings. We're talking about the greats, the great commandments, 
and the Great Commission. When we think about our children, we know that there is nothing that we wouldn't do for them. Just recently, as, as you know, this past Sunday, Eleonora was, was sick. She had, a, had an ear infection. And, and Friday, Friday night when this came on, she just cried and cried and cried. And nothing that Jenny and I did seemed to relieve the pain at all. And in moments like that, as a parent, you want to do anything you can to help them feel better. You know, like if, if, it, if you could, you'd rip out your own ear and give it to them. And when we survey and when we think about God and his love for us, it is just like that, even more so. God loves us and he wants to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. He wants to make things better in our lives. And we see that in Jesus. We see that, Jesus, that God will go to any lengths to have us in relationship with himself, to bring us back into his kingdom, into his, uh, into his family. And the reason that we have any sort of love for one another, the reason that we have love for God is because God loved us first. John, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, writes this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We don't know what love really is apart from God loving us. And the way that God loved us is that he sent Jesus to die for us, to die for our sins, to give us eternal life. And as we think about and meditate on God's love, we notice a couple very surprising things. The first and maybe the most surprising thing about God's love is that it is humble. God is a God of humility. See, God doesn't come and he doesn't demand that we love him. He doesn't come and force himself on us. Rather, he allows us the choice. Will we love him? He reveals himself to us in ways and allows us to decide, will we accept his offer of love? Will we choose him over everything else in this world? God is humble, and he allows us to make that choice. The other surprising aspect of love. And re really, it shouldn't be very surprising because it becomes the very definition, the very aspect of love that, that makes love love, and that's sacrifice. God sacrifices for us. His love 
for us is seen in his sacrifice. And ultimately, that sacrifice is seen in Jesus. And as we talked last Sunday about uh, the crucifixion, there's, we won't totally ever understand the, the pain, the torment, the suffering that Jesus went through, that God himself went through to secure our salvation, to rescue us from sin and Satan and death. But it was a sacrifice. It cost God something. And so as we think about God and his love for us, and we think about what God has done to invite us, to bring us into his kingdom, the question comes up, how are we to respond? How are we to respond to God's goodness? How are we to respond to God's graciousness? How are we to respond to God's love? This is the question that we have to answer. What are we to do? How are we to live because of what God has done for us? What is it that we are to do? Jesus was teaching and a teacher of religious law comes to Jesus and he says, teacher, rabbi, what is the most important commandment? What is it that we need to focus on? Now, this, in a lot of ways, is a trick question. There's 613 laws in the Old Testament. Which one's most important? What should we focus on? What is the one law that's going to guide us through life? that's going to help us keep all the other laws? Which one is the most important? Which one should we not neglect? And Jesus goes back and he refers the leader, the teacher, to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord with all, the Lord your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. This law, this uh, passage of scripture is referred to as the Shema. The Shema is, uh, is for the Hebrew word, listen. Listen, O Israel. This is what you are to do. To listen to the Lord our God. He is one God. And this is what he asks you to do. To love with your entire being. So Jesus takes this. He says this is the most important. In Matthew chapter 22. Verses 34 through 38. This is what Jesus says to the man. At that. <clears throat> but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his 
his reply, they met together to question him. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the which is the most important commandment in the law in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. So Jesus refers back to the Shema. This is the most important commandment. But he adds a second to it. He says, we all, you also need to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus creates a new Shema. He creates, he brings these two together and says, this is what you are to do. This is what you're to focus on. You want to keep all the other laws? You want to do what the prophets taught you to do? Then love. Love God and love people. So what does it look like to love God with our entire being, with our heart, soul, mind, and strength? How are we to love God? Well, I think We love God with our entire being when we demonstrate our, when we, when we love God through obedience, when we obey God. That's when we truly demonstrate our love for him, is by obeying him. And just a, a little bit before this, in, in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus told a parable about this very thing. Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Go, er, boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, No, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, You, go. And he said, Yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied the first. Then Jesus explained this meaning. I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him. While tax collectors and prostitutes did, even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. Jesus tells this parable. There's two sons. And the first son, the older son, the, the father goes to, hey, go and work in the vineyard. The son said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I have other things on my agenda today. I'm not going to go work for you. But later on, because of his love for his dad, for his father, he puts aside whatever he had going on that day. And he goes and works in the vineyard. He obeys the father. Yes, he told him no. But he goes and does what needs to be done. He obeys. The second son, the, the younger son, says, yeah, dad, I'll go. I'll do it. He tells his father what he wants him to hear. But he puts it off. He procrastinates. 
he finds other things to do and, and he doesn't do it. He doesn't love the Father. He loves these other things more. And Jesus applies this and he tells them, this is what this means. You religious leaders, you've been telling God how much you love him, how much you've sacrificed for him, all the things that you do for him. But you're not living the way that he wants you to live. You're missing out on all of this. You're missing it. You're not loving those around you. You're, you're making things difficult for them. You're not doing what the Father has called you to do. Instead, these tax collectors, these prostitutes, these sinners that you look down on, the ones that you think are outside the kingdom, they're going to be the ones inside the kingdom. Because when, even though they originally told God, no, we're not going to follow you. We're not going to obey you. We're not going to do what you have asked us to do. When they heard the message, when they heard my teaching, when they heard John the Baptist teach, they said, yeah, we'll go. And they changed their lives. They repented of their sins. And they did what the Father has asked them to do. They have loved. They have honored him. They've got rid of the sin in their lives. That is what they've done. See, we can become proud of ourselves because we come to church. We have that name Christian associated with us. But are we telling God yes to his face? Yes, God, we'll go. We'll do this. We love you. but we're not really attend, intending to go. We're not changing our lives. We're not loving one another the way that we should. Or are we acknowledging the fact that, yeah, originally, God, we told you no. We told you that we didn't want any part to do with you. But now we are going to go. We confess, we have made these other things more important, but now we're turning our back, we're laying them aside, and we are going to love you. See, love is accomplished in the doing. It's not mainly about what we say. That's what Jesus is getting at with the religious leaders, with the Pharisees. Hey, you can tell God how much you love him as much as you want. That, yeah, you're going to obey him. But if it's not reflected in what you actually do, then you're missing out. We can sing all the praise songs that we want. We can offer all the prayers that we want to God. But if it's not affecting the way that we live if it's not seen in our priorities, if it's not seen in the way that we treat people, if it's not seen in our generosity, if it's not seen in the priorities that we make with our time and with our money, then we're not truly loving God. Our love for Him is accomplished in the doing. And how we love one another in the, the ways that we use our, our resources. 
That's what is important. That is what he is asking of us. It's easy in our, in our Christian culture to go along with the flow, to make it seem like we're taking the right stance, that we have the right belief, and make those things a substitute of truly loving God. And I think one of the things that God is telling us in this moment in this moment of pandemic, in this, in this change that's happening, happening in our culture, he is saying to us, do you truly love me? Will you go out and work in my vineyard? Will you do what I have called you to do? Or are you just going to play around the edges, singing songs, offering prayers, and not doing, not changing, not repenting, not confessing? Are you going to see this as an other person's problem? Yeah, if the world would just get their act together, then we'd be okay. Or are you going to look at yourself here and say, it starts here in my heart and confess that, yeah, I've made other things more important than God. So our big idea today is this, our love of, for God is seen in our obedience to God. Our love for God is seen in our obedience to God. It's not seen in our, in, in, in our worship. It's not seen in the things that we post online and the stands that we take. It's not seen in who we vote for. It's not seen in any of that. The love we have for God is seen in our obedience to God. And the way that we love him, the way that we love those around us, our repentance, our confession, our service, our sacrifice, our humility, that's how we love God. And so our challenge, our challenge is this. Obey God in what he is asking you to do. Obey God in what he is asking you to do. I don't know what that is. I just know and confident that God has us all at, at different points and there's that next step that we are to take. And maybe for you, it is just simply confessing to God, yeah, I'm a sinner, I've sinned, I've strayed, and, and confessing your sin to God. Maybe it's taking that, that step and being baptized. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it's, it's upping the amount that you give, being more generous. Maybe it's it's helping out in the community some way, somewhere. Maybe it is talking with your neighbor about Jesus. I don't know what that next step is, but that is where you love God by taking that step. Obey God in what he is asking you to do. Don't neglect it. Don't turn it away. We are God's people. And he has given us things to do. And our love for him is seeing and doing what he has called us to do. May we be his people. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we love you. 
And we recognize that the only reason that we love you is because you first loved us. Yes, Father. Help us to receive your love. And may that love be a motivation for us to sacrifice, for us to lay down our life, for us to love those around us, for us to obey you. Father, I ask for wisdom for us, spiritual wisdom and, and understanding, so that we may know where you are calling us to go, what you are calling us to do. Father, we ask that you will help us to live lives that are worthy of Jesus. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we take the next step from listening to this message and how to apply it to our lives, there's, there's three questions I want us to consider. First of all, think about when was the last time you sacrificed for God? When was the last time you sacrificed for God? Take a moment and reflect on that, that question. Question two, what is it that God is calling you to do now? What is it that God is calling you to do now? What's that next step that he wants you to take? Ask God in prayer. Give a little prayer to God and ask him, where do you want me to go? Show me the next step. Question three, ask yourself, does my life show God's love? Remember, Jesus said that it's by our love that people will know that we are his disciples. Do people know that you are his disciple by your love, by your life? Think about it. Our Father in heaven, we come to you as we close this time out together. 
And we come to you and ask for your wisdom. Ask for spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we can live the way that you want us to. That we can love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, that's our deep desire. I know that we don't always live it. I know that we we do tend to make other things more important and we get distracted by politics and by sports and by jobs and by uh, a million other things. But we ask that you would give us a clarity of heart, a priority, so that we would be totally dedicated, totally surrendered, totally in love with you. Father, thank you for Jesus. And as we uh, go into this weekend with tomorrow being Good Friday and with celebrating Easter on, on Sunday, that we would remember not only the sacrifice that you made in order for us to experience freedom, to rescue us from, from Satan, sin, and death, but that we would also have the hope of resurrection, of new creation, and that hope made that burn in our heart motivating us to continue on no matter what father we love you thank you for jesus and it's in his name that i pray amen thank you bethlehem for joining us we'll see you on sunday